Welcome to Trust the Bachelor Process, a podcast where Bachelor superfans and sisters, Alex and Sarah, discuss all things Bachelor Nation, typically with a glass of rosé in hand, our two true passions. So sit back with us, sip rosé with us, and enjoy the journey with us. How you doing? Oh, okay. <laughs> Lots um, of snow here. How are you doing? Lots of snow. Um, bright and sunny. Can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. What's more? What's the worst torture? It's you're being stuck inside because of a snowstorm, or it's beautiful outside and you can't go anywhere. <laughs> Fully yours, because like. <laughs> Like at last resort, I can just like step outside for a couple of minutes. Or like open a window or something. Feel relief. Yeah, absolutely. There was a day this weekend where I realized I um, only went outside for a total of like 60 seconds just to run my dog out to pee real quick. And then again, I was like, wow, I can never do that wow. again. Shout out to all the dogs who can't poop because they're so cold. Like, <laughs> actually, mine is doing a good job he's 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 understanding that um there's ice on the ground and like he literally it's like a dog in roller skates like he's like slipping on it and he like is really quick like he's really quick he pees he poops he pees one more time and we'll run back in (laughs) (laughs) well I love that for him I think (laughs) your dog has adjusted well to the snow in a way that I I don't know that I've ever seen like in my head in my fantasy like dogs all love snow but like completely anecdotally like I just it doesn't seem to be the case they're just like cold no thank you inside but yeah dog seems to genuinely really like it yeah he's like very curious which is crazy because he hates like wind rain whatever (laughs) um there was one night I I (laughs) I felt bad because he really couldn't find a place to poop this is when everything was really iced over so he couldn't even really like dig through the snow he got so desperate he went in the middle of the street (laughs) honestly it was like bridesmaid style (laughs) like he just like he like got lower and lower to the ground it was like it's happening (laughs) (laughs) I respect that so much like he had no vanity in that moment he's like listen I am just going to shit in the middle of the street and you all are gonna have to accept it (laughs) yes yeah (laughs) I love it um uh, well, thank you guys so much for joining us. I believe we are on week six. They uh, they continue continually. Oh my god, I literally wrote down week eight. Oh, I but no, you're right because they all said that they've been here for six weeks. So you're right. Okay, thank you. maybe seven, maybe seven. Oh. I think this is maybe episode seven or something. But they've or maybe maybe it was episode. I don't know, but they did. You're right. All of them were like, we've been here for six weeks. We've gotten to know him for six weeks. They all said it. So yeah. Well, I I heard it the most when Heather was in the mix. Right, right, right. Have you known Matt for six weeks? Have you? (laughs) (laughs) And 
we are very excited to talk about the Heather of it all. Um, there's a, li a lot has been on our hearts and minds this week. Um, obviously, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a member of Bachelor Nation, and I am sure um, you are very aware of everything that has gone on this week. And um, it's weighing on your hearts as much as it is on ours. Um, but more importantly, there's like, there's something specifically that Sarah and I want to chat about before we get into recapping this episode. So Sarah, do you wanna hit us off with that? Yeah, um, yeah. So before all this stuff with Chris Harrison started happening, um, Alex and I actually, well, I personally received a DM um, from a listener the day, I think it was the morning that our last episode released. Um, this person basically reached out to say in a very, very kind way um, that they were disappointed and uncomfortable by how we were talking about the Rachel situation. Um, and the Rachel situation being specifically her liking and sharing hateful and racist content on social media. Um, also a lot of images surfacing, well, not even really surfacing, they're really just out there um, of her uh, with photos with Confederate flags and dressed in racist costumes, whether it be for I, Halloween. I she liked a photo of a two okay. in front of a Confederate flag and I believe she was pictured in an antebellum outfit at a sorority party. She was, and that was the theme of the sorority party. Yeah. And this happened kind of in and around 2018. So that's, that, when I say the situation, that is what I mean. And um, it's important that we're clear about that because this person, um, you know, th they expressed that they felt that we were using statements um, that were really, we, that we were being really empathetic towards and this, I'm going to quote what they said, Confederate ethos, uh, mm -hmm. while we had a much harsher point of view on less offensive things, such as the bullying going on in the house and the relationships between the women. Um, I have to say it was really unfortunate that I didn't come to this realization myself when I read it. Uh, but I, and I know Alex, we're, we're both grateful that this person reached out to share that with us and Absolutely. to let us know. Yeah, I think our bit, our biggest takeaway is, or <laughs> our biggest takeaway, but our biggest reaction is gratitude. And yeah, I thank this listener so much. Um, I think in general, Sarah and I, when we're reviewing these episodes, we like to lead from a place of empathy. And what we learned over the course of this listener, you know, sort of pointing out what we did, which was sort of default to a level of compassion, you know, like, maybe this girl was ignorant, she's not hateful. Ultimately, what it did was it realized that there's a limitation to our own empathy. And that's because it comes, empathy in general, like the definition of it is like, it comes from your own experience. Like being an empathy shared experience. comes from the, like the experiences that you have had as a person. And our default towards wanting to, not defend Rachel's behavior, but sort of leave room for her, mm -hmm. exposed an implicit bias that I don't think Sarah and I were aware that we had. And we've done so much self-reflecting this week. And 
talking to, you know, our friends and our loved ones and our, and our therapists. And I think ultimately what we've learned is that empathy is wonderful, but it needs to walk hand in hand with accountability. And it, how we approached it from that place, I think instead of defaulting towards, oh, well, maybe she didn't know, we would have defaulted towards, wow, this must have really gravely impacted people who are yeah. impacted by the Confederacy. And I just know, um, I'm just incredibly sorry, A, for just getting it wrong. And uh, most, more importantly, anyone who might've been hurt and, yeah. so long we as white people have sort of given other white people the benefit of the doubt and a result of that is that systematic oppression or systems that have held <laughs> held oppression have been emboldened by other white people giving each other the benefit of the doubt um so ultimately we are just so so grateful for this listener and for reaching out to us and it led us to all of these amazing resources, um, uh, specifically uh, the Black Bachelorette Instagram account. It's at the Black Bachelorette, no A in black. Um, it's run by these two incredible women, Victoria Price and Michaela Lachey Bartholomew, who did just like a gorgeous, like breakdown why what Chris Harrison said was problematic and you know gave us so much and wrong and wrong, and wrong. exactly um and uh i i think um a big thing we also learned just because again so much has transpired <laughs> this past week it was a it was a really big and a really disappointing week <laughs> yeah for a lot of uh, you know, watching Chris Harrison was disheartening. Watching him question Rachel Lindsay for who she is, um, like why why should she have a say in the matter when they've upheld her as you know, like the voice of the franchise. Like it's it was just a really 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 tough week to be a Bachelor fan. Um, yeah, and ultimately, I think you know, a huge conclusion that we came to is that in order for this franchise to move, I think this franchise has outgrown its infrastructure. And I think the only way for it to move forward responsibly is um, no more Chris, BIPOC executives. Um, yes. And the Warner Brother level, BIPOC producers, like the only way to move forward is to move forward responsibly. And I think if that doesn't happen, you know, Sarah and I were sort of talking offline, like it's maybe we reevaluate how we cover, if we cover this show at all, like it was already sort of leaning into problematic territory even before this week. Um, but it yeah, we do. Sorry, go, go for it, Sarah. No, no, you're right. I mean, I just it, like, we were obviously talking about this and just the everyone knows I, I agree <laughs> with it as well. I, um, it's been a, it, it's starting to feel, and we've known this, and I think we've even talked about it on here, but, um, it's just starting to feel really, really apparent that they're putting for lack of a better term, problematic people on the show 
so they can ultimately stand up. They being producers, Chris Harrison, whoever it is, so they can denounce it. And, and it's, we don't need them on the show <laughs> to begin with, essentially. Yeah, I think Rachel pointed out, like she made a really amazing suggestion, which was like get professional Redditors on this. Cause I think even yeah. in the instance that there's an instance where Rachel, you know, she was cast on purpose because she was a part of these Confederate, it, she was part of this Confederate sorority ball. Oh, Rachel K. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah Rachel. Um, Rachel K. Um, but um, there's also a world because it wasn't on Rachel's Instagram. Like it was pictures that she was tagged in that there it there does take an extra further step that maybe like social media people like wouldn't see at first glance but like yeah redditors would be able to <laughs> read yeah out. like that should be there yes there should be a team of people that are like I mean this is it's happened so many times now. Mm -hmm that it's like it really can't be excused anymore um there's not like everyone people know how to find these photos i mean we've got people on tiktok that tiktok excuse me i just wow i just sounded like <laughs> like the elder that. millennial tiktok <laughs> um, on tiktok that are like biden contestants voting records like these are just like normal everyday people that know how to use the internet um that yeah, it's not really an excuse. Oh, well, we checked their Instagram. We didn't see anything. Mm, that doesn't really tell you anything about who this person is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, Sarah and I sort of brought this up last week. We were saying, you know, we were looking forward to, I'm sorry, I'm sort of switching gears here, but we were looking forward towards Rachel's apology and ultimately yeah. also, what we learned is that it did happen. It happened in spite of, ABC rejecting multiple drafts of it, but ultimately it's not up to us as two white women to accept it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think yeah. a lot in general, we want to approach moving forward from a listening play, excuse me, a listening place rather than a speaking place um, because you know, we started covering the show because it was like silly and dumb and fun, but ultimately, you know, what we've learned, I, I keep feeling like I'm saying that sentence, what we've learned <laughs> by the nature of having so many awesome listeners who are just like so great and, you know, so with it is that like there's a responsibility to be educated about what you're saying before you, you talk about it and yeah um um grateful to be a part of a community that's so um thoughtful yeah i agree with you i'm just no i mean you're right I, like i said i feel or we said earlier like it feels like we're coming i feel like we are coming from a place of gratitude right now mm -hmm. um because for all the reasons we had to you have to hold Rachel, you have to hold Chris Harrison, we have to hold each other accountable as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, 
exactly what you said. Like my plan moving forward within this community is listening, learning from standing with the BIPOC contestants. I mean, another thing to point out is that I believe this is our most, our most diverse cast that we've ever had on the 20, show. Um, 25 ladies who identify as BIPOC and we've also watched them come forward with their official statement in support of reality, yeah. which yeah. is like, to me, the biggest indicator, and I said it earlier, that the franchise has outgrown its infrastructure. So like mm -hmm. it has become something bigger and it's important that, you know, we as a nation, like a bachelor nation. A bachelor nation, <laughs> yeah. You know, move, move towards progress and- um, Yeah. I'm just, I think we're just both really, in general, really sorry. And I think, I don't know yeah. about like this week was especially hard to watch because I think it was just, we, we were just so impacted um, by all of the, so much happened in Nation this week, you know, between the Chris Harrison of it all, the Rachel apology, the gal, you know, hosting their, their beautiful statement of unity towards each other um that it was hard to sort of like watch this next episode with like um sort of like a fun lens yeah fun lens. it didn't feel fun yeah <laughs> yeah I totally agree um yeah before we move into it I just want to say thank you again to everybody for being here for listening um and let's keep holding each other accountable and encouraging growth, encouraging education, learning together. Um, we love you guys. So thank you. Thanks for hanging out with us. And thank you to that awesome listener who, yeah, we really appreciate you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. So ultimately you're right. It was a, uh, it felt really strange <laughs> watching this. <laughs> Okay. So I almost had anxiety watching it, like before it came on. Well, there's a lot. I, I think given everything, you know, over this, this past week in general, like I, we just had a listener reach out to us. She was like, where's Lauren Zima's Roses and Rosé, which I also like, I'm sure she's being quieter now. Um, yeah. But um, surely, but also because we left last, last episode on kind of like a eight a note of tension um because heather enters the house and interrupts piper um this yes. was okay sarah and i chat a lot about counterbullying on this show um but this one was interesting because heather came in and she's coming in profoundly late and as Justina pointed out, and she's coming in after also a new wave of girls have also come in. Yeah, so she's the third new person. Our freaking exhausted. I do not blame anyone for their frustration. I don't blame anyone but the producers because, like, I think Heather is like genuinely. I think a few things are going on. I think like last week. 
it was pointed out or it was hinted at by Dylan's Twitter feed that Heather was supposed to come in significantly earlier and that producers held her off. Yeah, she didn't realize she was coming in right before they were all getting picked for hometowns. Literally like the worst possible time. So like <laughs> their while their anger she it was very upsetting to sort of see her be yelled at because I think Heather is a nice enough person. Like <laughs> their anger was whereas like I was sort of hating on them for expressing it to the new girls in the first wave I completely get it in the second <laughs> I know well especially Matt's reaction was difficult horrible. I mean horrible I know that I've said I felt like he has dealt with so many situations really well I think a lot of that went out the window for a, cu a couple of different times during this episode mm -hmm. but this one in particular he started cracking up mm -hmm. Piper had to just sit there and be like ha, ha ha wait what's so funny you guys like and he basically kicked her to the curb yeah he was like, like okay can, can you leave for a sec yes like, and I think the thing I that was on oh sorry I didn't cut you off I was just going to say, I, for me, I feel like the right way to go about it was like, oh my gosh, of course he's going to be shocked and maybe his laughter is how he deals with it. But at least to be like, okay, can you wait out there? I'll come get you in a second. And at least like acknowledge Piper and just be like, I'm so sorry. I know that we were go like, we were talking about this. I have truly no idea what that was or what's going on, but like, at least just acknowledging her and having the moment to like close the conversation with her instead of hey, can you go? Right. And I think ultimately the place that Matt got to with Heather was correct. Like, hey, we are way too far along with these other ladies, even though I'm very flattered and like Hannah's opinion means a lot to me. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. like ultimately just where we are in this process, like I can't in good faith bring you along because I don't know you when I have these like deep connections with these other ladies. Um, but the way that he, I think it just like goes to show like he's better produced than he is in the moment. Yeah. And he is. And in the moment, I think he, I think it is coming from a good place because I think he's just like, okay, how do we mitigate the awkwardness? <laughs> I think he was awkward. And I think, yeah, I think that that's, yeah, what he was doing. I saw a tweet from Nick Vial that, cracked me up it like it it was um either heather really wants to be on tv or hannah brown is the worst friend ever for not just giving her matt's phone number <laughs> i mean ultimately at that point matt was like likely in contention for the bachelor or was going to be on claire's season yeah that's true that's like, true it's sort of like i think about nick Lyle's season in particular when liz who had that one night stand with him ended up on his season she's like well he's going to be the bachelorette so the only way that i can have like a relationship with him is if it's in this medium i go on the show nice. yeah is in and ultimately I think that was Hannah's I think there was just like a little manipulation behind the scenes as to when Heather was going to show up ultimately I feel like she was set up to fail and unfortunately she had to quarantine for two weeks so I guess she showed up during week four I don't know if that was when the other lady 
Yeah, the end of the quarantine. But oh my gosh, maybe, perhaps. I can't remember what week it was that they all came. It was sort of um, upper hand for Heather, but like I ultimately like Matt did make the right decision in like in service of the other ladies and also himself. Like it, yeah, further along with other people. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, something, you know, just in the vein of everything that we've been talking about as well, I do encourage everyone to go listen. Piper was on Rachel Lindsay and Becca. Um, what is her last name? We all know Becca. Coop friend. Sorry. Thank you. Coop B Coop. Yeah. She was on their podcast and she actually she talked about this moment. Um and uh I encourage everyone to go listen to it because I, you know, it's her story. Um, but she did talk about a lot of like why she was so emotional um, with the entrance because of how triggered she was that Heather showing up uh, essentially revealed a lot of these, Heather showing up plus Max Matt's reaction to it brought up a bunch of insecurities that she had going into the season, um, you know, particularly about, um, is he going to like me because of how I look? Uh, but yeah, I, I encourage everyone to go listen to it because that was, another really eye-opening well, and the um, fact that Heather didn't listen to you know like yeah Heather ignored her she she didn't yeah. it wasn't it wasn't hey can I steal him for a sec which is basically the established like line of respect that's been like that we've had yes it's like the, the women rule that like you address the woman by these words can I steal him for a sec there was just like, well, I'm here. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And Heather was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I didn't think that you'd be in here with another girl. Like, what? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't yeah. know. Like, part of that could have been just production. Like, I think ultimately it came from Heather just being maybe a slightly awkward person. Um, but, um, yeah, I also have this, it like, was just all it was all bad handle anything like you've been on this show like be ready to address the other woman like it's yeah she's been on the show already anyway <laughs> it was it was she did go and um <laughs> we also said goodbye to Chelsea and Serena C um yeah. at the end of the rose ceremony which I think we both kind of predicted last week Mm-hmm. yeah I think like both of the girls sort of like they they did the thing that we all do in dating where it's like you know it 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 sucks to get your hopes up perhaps like if it like the situation was different maybe we could have like figured it out but like ultimately I think it just sort of comes down to like you know, if it was meant to be, or if he was like, if we were fully his person, like it would have been us. Um, Mm, And mm. ultimately I think both of those girls are very, very pretty and are going, (laughs) you know, I have to say, while you, (laughs) while you were choking on that, I I don't worry about any of these women. No, I mean, like, we have said it before. This is the hottest cast I think we've ever seen. I think Chelsea and Serena are both two women that we have pointed out as possibly two of the most objectively hottest. Not that it matters, but, like, especially... Well, it is. They're hot and they're confident. 
Well, and Chelsea, <laughs> like, like, and, like all of these girls are, has explained a lot. Like it has, um, like she has shown us a lot of depth. Where Serena C is like border, like she was sort of like our last of the mean girls. But I also yeah. like she also is young and like she is super hot. And I just like imagine her literally getting off of the plane and then like people like hot eligible bachelors just sort of like waiting on the platform (laughs) (laughs) I just I am pretty much anticipating every single one of these women to show up to um women tell all with a boyfriend (laughs) basically what I'm expecting to happen boyfriend maybe like a new like a new cool hairstyle like do you remember when like the real world was on and like um during the reunions they would always come back with like a new hairstyle yeah I feel like especially now because we've all been so stagnant like a like a new hairstyle will be like to show has how time has passed (laughs) like Mm, I I would love a new hairstyle a lot of new do's to show us that time has passed I did that I can't remember if I've already told you the story when I was in college I tried to dye my hair dark brown. So when I went home for Thanksgiving, it would show all my high school friends that time has passed. Yes. And I accidentally it, purple. I was going to say it came out not brown. It wasn't cute. <laughs> time has passed. Time had passed. This, this feels like we're like on the verge of some like new Taylor Swift lyrics of like, <laughs> dye my hair brown to show time has passed. <laughs> oh my God. Taylor Swift to dye her hair brown to show that time has passed would that be, would be everything. Dude. Like, it's like <laughs> she would like that should be her like her marriage announcement, like her with brown hair. Like, I'm married. I'm convinced she's already married, at least engaged. Like I said, her marriage announcement. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Let's talk about Serena P, who got another one-on-one um, on top of two girls who haven't had any one-on-ones. I feel like this happens all the time. Is this um, but I love Serena P. doubling up on one-on-ones? Yeah, this is the first. Yep, correct. This is the okay. first time somebody got a second one-on-one. This date was so beyond interesting to me because on one level, I like, so this date was like the tantric yoga date. Yeah. And I loved so much that she vocalized how uncomfortable she was with it and that Matt was willing to meet her where she was at. I felt bummed for her that she didn't feel like she could express that up at the top up at the top yeah I and I think maybe it's like yes you're right I actually yes a lot of this was very interesting because they he liked it because obviously there was a beautiful girl <laughs> who's also crawling really good at yoga like okay I literally really like they like I she was really good at yoga she was very very strong and I was like, well, maybe like you could hear this and be like, okay, this is weird. But ultimately, you know, we all know with these dates, it's not about how good you are. It's like, can you hang? Like, can you, can you play the game or whatever? Um, so maybe she just thought like, oh, I like yoga. Maybe it'll just be about like yoga and breathing and like staring at each other. But it was like, it was essentially sex positions, um, but using your biceps. <laughs> 
I, so in general, I'm having like a harder time, like, because ultimately I, I'm so into the idea of her expressing what she doesn't like and him meeting her there. I'm like so attracted to that on another different level that's divorced from her being, you know, affected by tantric yoga she doesn't seem that intimate yeah and we actually kind of see this as a teaser yeah. for her hometown where her family's like you don't seem smitten yeah and I was sort of thinking back to that first date and I was like so obsessed with the way that she had handled that first date because she was just like I'm here to see if there's a connection which is how I feel like you should approach dating but I also wonder if that mindset was coming from a like a place of like I don't know maybe like I don't know that I'm into him like I don't know that I really even like him all that much yeah it's true it's really really true and I wonder if this is like Matt was feeling that and that's ultimately why he asked her back and on such like a weird like sexual connecting date I think that Matt likes and it's sort of worrying me because we saw this a little bit with Kit which we're gonna get to eventually I think Matt likes rejection and I think he's ultimately attracted to people who are going to reject him so the more that Serena was sort of pulling away the more he was sort of just like great I'm into you <laughs> like I want yeah and I yeah girl, like that sort of anxious avoidant attachment is tricky because yes they're incredibly drawn to each other but like ultimately that doesn't lead to a secure relationship so I'm curious to see how next week plays out. I'm bummed because I picked Serena C or Serena P, excuse me, for my number one in my fantasy league. But like, ultimately, my big takeaway from the state was like, I don't know, Serena P's that into him. Yeah, I totally agree. I I don't I don't feel like she is either. I did kind of like the end of their date though. I thought the ice skating was kind of fun. Oh, yeah, something wholesome, <laughs> wholesome and nice after tantric yoga. I know we'll see it's like the exact um, opposite like if you were to have like an opposite day of tantric yoga it would be like ice skating fully clothed and like yeah and, like, bundled up and like multiple layers yeah yeah, yeah totally um yeah I think she's not like it she's not in love with this guy she's not in love with him but ultimately it made me like obsessed with her because I'm like oh, oh yeah. I like her so much yeah. you don't need to be obsessed with your lead just because he's your lead like you have as, as much agency in deciding whether or not he's right for you as he does and deciding if you're right for him and ultimately I think she might be the like healthiest contestant <laughs> yeah you're probably right and even how she was like afterwards like kind of like the I, I don't know not bloopers but they were like talking about how just like goofy and silly Michelle is which was fun to see but she was like she seemed like more obsessed with Michelle like more into Michelle than she was into Matt she's like that girl's a hoot I just love being around her <laughs> like, that, ultimately that blooper reel at the end like the post credits like Michelle being silly and doing push-ups like I was like oh 
Like all that did was convince me 100% that she should be with Matt because there seems to be a sexual, emotional, and humorous attraction. Like literally they see, she, she seems to hit all the buttons for him. <laughs> Michelle, Michelle, you're trying, yeah, Michelle, I know. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, all right, let's talk about this group date, which I guess was just like, we're just done with like weird date stuff. We're just going straight to cocktail we're just going. Now. We're just going straight to the real shit, yeah. Which like, I cannot keep track of which cocktail party belongs to which date or is it a rose ceremony? I keep getting confused, but this one I did um, understood. I, I did understand that this was just one cocktail party, one date, uh, which I think was good because everyone just had their time to like talk to him. They didn't have to like do a scavenger hunt or like a this reminds, sorry, relay this race. So much of Nick Vial season where it was like sort of a bloodbath in week six and like people that we like were obsessed with. He was just like, no, he no, just, no. he cut them all loose it was crazy well some people left on their own well one person left on their own um abigail yeah i i appreciated i and understood all of this it must have gosh yeah really hard i i i like her i also i had her going to fantasy suites actually i think i had her my final this was a real bummer of a breakup because uh, I feel like Abigail is, I kind of wish she was our bachelorette. I don't know, like we've sort of, we haven't gotten enough screen time with her that I don't know that she will be, but yeah, it'd be really cool if she was, but like, she's like such an expert at communication. And she was also like, you know, I've shared my vulnerabilities with you. Like we heard her, you know, talk about how her dad, like her biological father left her mom after she got the cochlear implant and um, how he could sort of relate to like a, a, his own father leaving the family. Like, so they were like sort of able to connect on this like very incredibly deep. <gasps> oh my gosh. I wonder if that's why Matt is attracted to the rejection. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just being therapist right now. I'm not trained, but. Mm, mm, mm quite possibly I think ultimately Abigail is the first person that we see that is a victim of what we are worried about in the sense of Matt gives everybody total and complete validation every step of the way and then he cuts them off and they're absolutely dumbfounded and I really felt I felt like I was with Abigail in this moment <laughs> I was just like oh no I didn't think it was you now like like and and when he was yeah. like starting that conversation it was like that conversation alone was sort of a bait and switch because he was just like when I first met you I felt this yeah. incredible spark it was like no contest you are my like first impression rose you're amazing but also I let other women, you know, grab my attention. So goodbye. Like I would have been like whiplashy. <laughs> it felt like whiplash. I think he did this to Josenia as well. He, oh, yeah. He front loads. Instead of just being, he should have, this is another example of something I don't think he did well. He should have said what you're feeling is true. Um, I, I we're not really there like I am with the other women um and then he could tell her you know like I 
I, you know, you were my first impression rose. Like I really liked you. And I felt like I was just comfortable in our relationship that I ended up like not giving it the time. So like he, like he, I think he just like should have done it the other way around. I did, however, find that to be like a strange excuse. Like I liked you so much. So I, um, ignored you and then the feelings went away. How weird. <laughs> like I was a little odd. It's incredibly infuriating. And I think like a symptom, maybe I'm hating too much on the process, you know, that I've trusted for so long, mm-hmm. but, um, <laughs> but like, it feels very like picking up the rose only to reject you with a rose. Like in that. Yeah. Moment. But they all do it. They all and do I it. I know so badly, like they weren't playing yeah. for TV and I th- actually think it would be more compelling. I genuinely do. Like, I don't think you, at this point, the audience is ahead of you, bud. Like, I think it's like more compelling to lead with why it's not going to work and, and why you're appreciative of this person than the other way around. Like, let's stop playing it for suspense. Like, let's just like have an actual conversation. And I feel like ultimately people are craving authenticity now. Like I, it's like, just like how like the show is evolving. So I would hope for like future leads and contestants who are in this position uh that the contestants would expect that from the lead and that the lead would give that to them um yeah ultimately yeah no that lead but yeah it's also a newbie who's beholden by producers which yeah the the picking up of the rose for rejection is just terrible then then he goes back to the women. He's like, Abigail obviously went home. This is getting really tough. I'm going to have to start being really honest about my feelings. Uh, Rachel, can we go talk? Like, okay. if I was Rachel, I'd be like, okay, so I'm about to go home too. I think Rachel's face, like, showed that she was also having that internal conflict. Yeah. It was so strange. And, and- then he's just like, yeah, this is really hard, but I love you. Like, <laughs> Well, and ultimately, I think we got the same out of his interaction with Rachel that we have gotten every single time where it's, we're only listening to them talk about how much they're into each other and we're not watching them connect on the things that yeah. they like, and I'm not necessarily seeing any chemistry. <laughs> like, Yeah. 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 Whose conversation I really appreciated was Kit's. Um she basically went in and was like, listen, before we get to family, these are like my non-negotiables. I need to finish school. Um, I want to be engaged, but I want to wait to get married. And then I have to wait until I'm old and frail at the age of 25 to have children. <laughs> that was a tough, that was a tough pill for me to swallow. Like recognizing how young Kit was. She's just like, I gotta wait a while to have kids. Like 25 <laughs> or 26. Like, I know that was um this is like a little side tangent, but I also saw my Kenna from um Pilot Pete season. Um she like posted a TikTok and it was like her like crying in the bath or in the bathtub or something and there was more there was more to the comment but it basically was like oh when you're 24 when you're already 24 and blah 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 and I was like wait you're just now 24 
were you tw- I think you were 22 on Pete's season then. Like, I was like, what do you mean when, when you're 24? I was like, what was this post? <laughs> I mean, I think about like my friends now and I'm like fully stealing this from Amy Schumer, but like, it is my initial reaction. Like when my friends tell me that they're going to have babies, my friends who are like, incredibly responsible own beautiful homes like are with a partner that's gonna like they're committed to forever and are just like so beautifully well suited to have babies like in their 30s I'm like okay child yeah Um, like I (laughs) I, and and the idea because like I'm not at that like I will be there eventually but I'm not at that place with myself that when people who are like much younger than me are like, well, when I'm at the, you know, on my descent on at 26, <laughs> you know, I know. Then I'll that was... pop one out. I'm like, oh my God. But with us, I like my my initial reaction is like travel, see stuff. But like I guess maybe in Kit's situation, you know, she's seen a lot of gold Bentley, she... maybe. It is true. I mean she's gotten to travel. She's gotten to do a lot. I she's Prob, she strikes me as someone who isn't like, oh, I gotta live before I can get married because I think she's done a lot of living already. Um, but, but I, I think I, she hasn't. She's not fully fulfilled yet in a way that right. I think she's like so self-aware. Uh, like to me, yeah. I think sure it put into place like how young she is, but. She also was like, this is like a real conversation. And I think we've, for so long, we've been begging to see like the timeline, like, or the logistics of like relationships being played out. And I think all of our leads have said that it usually happens during fantasy suites, but this was like, we, we got to see it in real, we got to see a real conversation happen in real time. And I'm very grateful for Kit for bringing it up early. Yeah. These are my expectations. And then obviously we see her go to his house and she goes home she leaves um on her own which again was I just respected her a lot in those two moments um, um so I, have a, sure. I have a question for you how did you feel when Matt gave Rachel the rose and Brie Piper Kit and who else was there were just like left Michelle Michelle sobbing well Brie literally burst into tears like she didn't even like she just cried in front of Matt like she didn't even wait until he left like she was crying I mean yeah I it, I felt it well this was a really tough night because they were all there they all basically with the exception well no Serena P sorry I had her one-on-one so she wasn't there like they all basically said some iteration of like I'm falling in love with you or I love you or like I'm there or I'm ready <laughs> so to like to say that unfortunately all of them said it so they don't know that every single girl here said that but to feel like you just it's like if you told someone I love you and they said thank you 100% and I feel like in general we need to set like a memorandum on like people (laughs) from group date like special group dates getting like their private concerts like I thought I I wrote down his name. I got a his name's Allo Black. Allo Black. L B L A C C. He like 
what a beautiful voice, but I also felt like the tone of his song was matching exactly all of the girls' emotional moods. So you would hear him sing and then you come back to Brie and Michelle and Kit, uh, you know, crying. And I would be like, yeah, I'm I'm crying too. Like, <laughs> like, it, like he was dancing with Rachel to the song, but it felt like it was more for these other ladies. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was really interesting. Yeah. I, I just felt terrible for everybody in this moment I mean just awful well especially when you position it and like okay guys just tell me the real and like some of you guys are going to get eliminated from it and like some of you guys are best friends right now so just like expose your shit and then the person who exposes their shit in the way that I like it the most is I'm going to whisk them away while the rest of you guys are crying (laughs) like like in a yeah. group date to be on and like uh, Rachel you know divorce from all the stuff that we know about her is just like we don't know anything like is she all she yes did give him a word yeah like, affirmation and say that she's never felt this way before and that was enough for him whereas I feel like the girl other girls were like exposing like Brie in particular, who talked about leaving her job. (laughs) They exposed her. Oh my God, you're right. I mean, she had to resign. And I guess she waited until now because she's like, well, let's just see if I even make it. And now she's like on her way. She's like, wow, I actually have a chance to be with this man. So she resigns. Oh my God. Yeah, like I cannot imagine what she must have gone through. (laughs) And then, and then, oh my, yeah, it was like, like how fulfilling her job was and everything her mother went through to make sure she could have that life. I mean, that such an intense conversation to have, like, and we see her mother next week on previews. I think that I believe that's her mother. I don't want to assume, but um, we already know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who shows up for everybody. Sometimes it's like ants or whatever. Yeah, but we already know Bree's mom was incredibly young when she had her and she had to sacrifice literally everything starting from her childhood to her high school to her college to her career that it would mean a lot for Bree to get to where she is regardless. Like, it doesn't matter what her job is. The fact that she had one and she was yeah so successful. Like, yeah. It's like really, really emotional and... I, yeah, I would feel like shit if I were Brie, like, in the yeah, she deserved, yeah, the tears were, um, I would feel like, like cry if all girl. Any of the girls, but I would mostly feel it if I were Brie. <laughs> yeah, I know that, I know the Rachel Matt thing is so weird, like, because yeah, we, you're right, aside from what we know of her outside of the show, we don't, we don't know anything about her, what she likes or like what she's into or anything. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I guess it is like when you like somebody, it's like kind of this like weird, like chemical pull that you have towards them. But a lot of like, I don't know. It just, to me, it feels like, oh, this is just physical attraction. Like I- I'm also sort of like thinking attachment. I'm like thinking sort of beyond it. And I'm thinking attachment styles because- Mm, mm. Matt was sorry there's like secure there's avoidant and there's anxious so if you're anxious like you think that like oh you have to perform for the person in order to get them to like you and if you're avoidant you expect the person to perform in order to get 
them to like you. So like those two end up being like very attracted towards each other. And Michelle seems like oh. who is, um, I know this because I was told for many years that I was anxious attraction. <laughs> by my therapist um which means you feel that you have to perform yes exactly and I'm attracted to people who are avoidant um but Michelle seems like somebody who's incredibly secure in her attachment again I don't know her this is just based on what I've seen on tv and Matt seems to be into avoidant girls which makes me think there's a chance that he might either also be avoidant or be anxious and doesn't match with the obvious choice to me that is Michelle um wow I just learned a lot I wonder what I am uh probably anxious no, I think you're, I think you are secure and might have been avoidant for a period of time. <gasps> what? And fell into, <laughs> yeah, into, probably. No, and then fell into secure attachment with Adam. Yeah, perhaps. And I mean that in a, in a way that I wish I was more like you. <laughs> so these are types of attraction anxious attraction, avoidant attraction, and secure. Yeah, and you can read about it in Attached. The book. <laughs> book Attached, and I'm going to say the author right now, and it is, <laughs> drum roll please, um, Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> I just like I've I've just sort of seen a couple of patterns. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Wow, I'm definitely gonna read that book. I mean, you're married <laughs> to uh, a person that you guys are both you know you're in love with, but I guess if we're gonna talk about The Bachelor, I guess we should all read. <laughs> well, it's just interesting. Like, I want like does this um does this also translate to friendships does it translate to work relationships yes like so my therapist specifically when I was single with and it translates yes it is like it, it translates across I, I'm thinking more about me in like a work situation and a friendship yes. situation because in friendship I like I was consistently secure in my friendship attachments and consistently anxious in my romantic attack attachments and we never talked about it from a work standpoint but I'm positive I would and remain anxious attachment in my- yeah I'm yeah I know I have therapy this week I'm going to talk about this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it really I'll does. Guys how it goes. <laughs> and you can be different attachment styles and like other and when uh, like in other yes. parts of your life because in other parts of your life, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I'm so like very excited about how secure I was in my friendship attachments and how anxious I was in my relationships attachments. But the cool news about if you are anxious, you can move into secure attachment. You can. It's easier to move into secure from anxious than it is from avoidant to anxious. Yeah. I, avoidant to secure, excuse yeah, me. Yes, exactly. Mm, 
so crazy. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely gonna read this. Um, <laughs> um, I think, uh, unfortunately, poor baby Justenia was the cure. <laughs> I, I her, like again, we only see what they give us, and if she was secure, it was only by the fault of Matt. Of Matt, of Matt. They're all secure because of Matt. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've noticed this, but it happens. We saw it with Katie. We see it with Jacinia, and we're going to see it with Piper. Like when he says goodbye, like or or when he's a. It's not when he says goodbye, but it's the moments before he says goodbye. He does a lot of hugging from behind. I don't know if you've heard. Oh my gosh, he did it with Sarah. Yeah, like he does, well, and that was like Sarah leaving on her own accord, but like, like there's a lot of, like I noticed with Katie last week when they were pranking um, Tyler C, like he was very like, every time she he would make her laugh, he would hug her from behind. And I was noticing this a lot with Jacinia, like in between them, like drifting or whatever, they would get out of the car and he would hug her from behind. And I was bummed out about it because that hug from behind, like, I am like so enchanted by the hug from behind. Like I like I love a good hug from behind. <laughs> That's crazy because the hug from behind scares me. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. I'm like, who's that? Oh. <laughs> yeah, no. You, I mean, yes, of course. The person who lives in this house with me. Oh. <laughs> My husband. Okay, good, 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 good. Uh, <laughs> But there is something of like, oh, you're making me laugh so much that I'm putting you forward and I'm embracing who you are. And they're like, the hug from behind is like so more symbolic for me. And he did it so much for Jasenia when, you know, they were on this date and then he like lifted her onto the car so he could make out with her. And then- To be fair, that was her idea. It was her idea, but he was like, so into it like if I was just in yet yeah. like I do want to say this is the one thing I do want to say I feel like I've been like telling me to shut up I feel like I've been talking so much but like no 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 she did seem nervous at the top of the date like you could kind of hear her like speaking mm. in a higher voice and she was like not we've seen her be like so in her body and like we saw it when she was like confronting MJ and we saw her when she was confronting Heather, like she's somebody who can like really be in her own body and exert her power. And I noticed it was less so with Matt. Yeah, she did kind of like the, I don't know if this is exactly what she said, but she did kind of like what seemed like a movie phrase. Like she was like, gonna take me for a ride today. Like something weird like that. She just seemed like, yeah, it was just like, it was coming from a place of nerves rather than her confidence. And I think every other time we've seen her, she's operated from a place of confidence. And I think that was her self, her higher self instinctually knowing that it wasn't going to work out. But at the same time, Matt was like, he was lifting her onto the car to make out with her. Like he was behind, like he was doing these things that like, my goodness, like I would, if I were in her position, I would be like, oh I think he really likes me <laughs> oh my gosh I know like her and talk about the like pick up the rose just to reject her I mean her face was like he's about to ask me to marry him like she could not have been more thrown off yeah I really felt bad 
it is like a really tough position for the bachelor to be in because or bachelorette whoever your lead is because you have to like your priority needs to be making a show so you have to like seem nice and engaged but like at the expense of other people thinking you're into them yeah no it's a problem um (laughs) okay I think more than anyone though Piper really oh my god my heart broke for her yeah and she's like not on my radar at all like I don't well sorry beyond like okay there's a sense of this of like the women are asking for the validation and he's giving it to them right Mm -hmm. hey what if you lifted me up on this car and then he does it yada yada (laughs) with Piper that wasn't really the case like from what we saw she was just kind of like around and chat like she would chat with Matt when she did and she was on this group date but it was when they were on the farm that he like was pulled to her like he he went up to her he planted a kiss on her like he he let he let her know I am into you Hyper played it a little more boy and she was rewarded by Matt like consistently presenting himself which is is probably all plays into this thing where he's like attracted to the girls who seem to be rejecting him must be but I mean, my like stomach hurt watching this. Like I felt so bad. She couldn't look at him. She couldn't talk to him. Oh, the, the exit yeah, they, was terrible. Like I oh. was like, when I heard him call Piper's name, I was just like, oh, I'm anticipating a like, can I walk you out? And this be like a conversation where they sit on a bench <laughs> and they talk through it. But ultimately it was just her getting into the limo and him closing the door. And um, it felt very raw in a way that reminded me so much of me when I was 23, when like your feelings are so like out there, but you're, and I don't want to necessarily make a comment on Piper specifically, but I also remember just being like very feel, like feelingsy first, but not necessarily. I am in particular. So it just feels so raw when you're so young like it almost it's like it's closer to a first heartbreak (laughs) than anything else yeah but like yeah also I was just looking at how beautiful she is and I was also looking at how self-assured she is in so many ways that I wasn't when I was 23 and I was like oh like well again um not worried about it yeah Oh, yeah, not worried about any of that. Again, be- <laughs> get off the plane. All of the gentlemen will be there for you on the platform waiting. Like, you're so gorgeous and so young. Yeah, they're all going to have be your pick good. of the litter. They're all going to be good. I don't know. But she gives me the sense of somebody who might have been awkward when she was little and is like really sort of coming into her own and like and those who are sort of the people I always root for like the, again I this isn't like completely tr- conjecture I don't know if it's based on anything but she sort of just reminds me of like girls who are uncomfortable in their own skin and sort of recognize their power as they get older and don't mm. necessarily realize 
who they're capable of attracting and um, yeah sort of second guess themselves in the process and I'm just like I think like once you're out there as <laughs> as an adult and have had you know this experience of rejection like you're going to be so equipped to find like she's somebody who I'm just like oh, I can see you getting a, I can see you getting married in a nanosecond, or I could see her being like, I think I want to pursue this and like being like a carry from Sex in the City. <laughs> well, yeah. that's the other thing with these women too, is like they do all have so much like life ahead of them. <laughs> There's not a lot of like, like, like they don't have to necessarily worry about that, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, this was this was a hard episode for so many reasons. Obviously, everything that we talked about from this past week. Um, also, just yeah, seeing this is like the first real week where people are getting their hearts broken, not just like oh, I'm facing rejection and I feel sad. Like these are women who felt that they were in love, they were preparing themselves to get engaged yeah. to this man. Really, really tough, challenging stuff. <laughs> Yeah, like this for like introducing a man to your family. It's very much like okay, well, is this guy the real deal? Um, yeah, I introduced Grandma to Charlie, and every time I I message her, she's like, "Thank you. When's the wedding?" <laughs> is her automatic <laughs> text. <laughs> so there's yeah. like a lot of uh, like like your. <laughs> up a lot of doors <laughs> uh, when yes when you introduce your family to somebody it is yep it is a constant you get asked a lot yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep mm -hmm. yep <laughs> <laughs> so when you have oh, to a part of yourself like you are making yourself inevitably so much more vulnerable and that's what makes these weeks leading into hometowns just really hard yeah, totally. Oh, well, so I believe that it's hometowns next week and then it's going to be women tell all, and then it's going to be fantasy suites and then it's mm -hmm. going to be finale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think like we, like everybody who's listening are just kind of going to do our best to go with the flow with whatever. I was just going to say, yeah, going, it feels very much going with the flow. Um, yeah, I yeah, I don't know who's gonna host the after the final rose or anything like that. It feels um, like, um, regardless, like I almost sort of because I know the woman tell all was already based on Chris's interview with Rachel already filmed. I don't know if it's in their best interest to air that. Like, I wonder if it will happen over another medium. Um, yeah, honestly, not sure. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think it's uh, one step at a time, one day at a time, one hour at a time. Wait, can I bring up one fun thing before we sign off? Please. Okay. Oh, yeah, I know what so, it is. Truly, while we are recording this, I've gotten multiple texts that Claire and Dale have been spotted in like Santa Monica. Florida. Like on the. Oh, wait, Santa Monica? Santa Monica Wait, on here. Was... Yeah, like like that like arch where it's like, welcome. <laughs> I thought it was initially, but 
but it's like that major intersection. Um, and sorry, I reality Steve's text said Venice, Florida. Oh, Venice, Florida. Oh my God. Did I just, okay. Well, which that, <laughs> okay. That, that changes that seemed, that seemed even stranger to me. Okay, honestly, that changes everything because <laughs> I like, literally watched that for a second and I was like, oh, they're at the Santa Monica pier. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> So Venice, Florida? They're in Florida. They're unmasked, by the way. I just want to point that out. But there are multiple pictures of them. And there's a video of them, yeah, walking through an intersection and then just walking. And they seem cordial and fine. <laughs> if anything, like maybe in love with each other. Like, I know. <laughs> wow, that's so I don't get it. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, right, and Florida is even crazier than California because at least Claire lives in California. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to monitor the situation. We'll keep you guys posted. <laughs> Truly every step of the way, I'm going to rely on Sarah for facts because clearly I was like, Venice, oh my God, <laughs> like Santa Monica, let's talk about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Venice, Florida, which I don't, I, by the way, I don't know where that is. Like, it, I, is it Orlando? Is it Tampa? Is it Miami? I'm not sure. By a coast. Um, it's by a coast. <laughs> They're unmasked, so they're unmasked. They're in like with each other. They're in like with each other. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, yikes. Um, well, in general, um, guys, thanks so much for hanging with us today. And um, we really appreciate your thoughtfulness and your listenership. And we uh, continue to want to keep the conversation going. So any anytime you guys want to reach out to us, like, we're in a state of absolutely listening and we yeah very much want to hear from you and we're very grateful from hearing for you from you um so thank you for everything and um in the meantime we'll see you next week see you next week love ya And if you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe. And of course, the journey doesn't end here. Follow us on social media at Sarah Elizabeth Franklin and at Alex Ryan Frank. See you later. Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with drills for hands, or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time, then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot Collectors Club, you're here to believe us.
Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.